You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay, or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. It's Packers Therapy. It's Chris and Dave, and we have another loss to talk about. Four and seven. The Packers are now, after losing to the Titans, and and, and Dave, you, you know what I do whenever... I am a little bit down, especially about the Packers. The thing I always do is, is I think about my personal financial situation. <laughs> do you? you? Yeah. You call, you call your broker? Well, actually, I go to Patreon and I kind of try to cheer myself by, you know, looking at, uh, you know, how many patrons we have. And, you know, we we had 10 and we've got nine now. And it's because Mighty Dave left us. He wasn't happy with the amount of activity Apparently, and uh, well, I, given that it's I zero, up, I can see his point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did not have a podcast last week, is is because the weather, you know, did not cooperate. You were flying back to St. Louis from the city of Magic, Cleveland, and uh, <laughs> it snowed, and you weren't able to do it. So we had no podcast. Mighty Dave, we're sorry about that. Uh, we're sorry we don't have a daily podcast going on. We would love to have you back, Mighty Dave. We really would. So it's kind of got us thinking about things maybe we need to do uh, to maybe make Patreon more exciting for people. And maybe later on the podcast we could talk about those things because there's nothing I enjoy more than seeing how much money I have on account someplace. So uh, we need yeah. something to keep us going right now. Yeah. Well, because th- these are these are dark times, and this is different. This is a different dark to me, Dave, than uh, 2018. Because 2018, that would be four years ago. Let me do. Let me let me chat there. 2022 minus 20. Yeah, four years ago, mm-hmm. and. You know, Aaron Rodgers was on the cusp of his 35th birthday then, not his 39th, as he will be in a couple of weeks. By the way, happy birthday, Aaron. Um, so it seems it seems different now. I mean, the, the there was a window that opened up after, you know, McCarthy was fired after the famous Dr. Klaus game, um, you know, uh, as it's referred to. Yeah. As it, yeah. As it always is referred to. Uh, but that seemed to be more hopeful. Now, you know, you got a quarterback who you, you're beginning to wonder, is the guy washed up? Um, you know, the defense seems to be discombobulated uh, more times than not. Uh, there's just a lot of questions surrounding this team uh, right now. And I guess the first question that I would ask you and it's in regards to all the things I've been both reading and hearing um, since this Tennessee Titans game. Didn't hear it after the Dallas game uh, because, you know, hey, things were looking up then, right? Yep. Well, now, chance. yeah, even though they, you know, they they were lucky and they somehow managed to win an overtime against Dallas, everyone was like, yep, they're back, baby, they're back. 
<laughs> not exactly sure. Then I guess the excitement was a little premature. So now we lose, and the whole narrative out there that I hear pretty much universally, this is a bad team. The Packers are bad. This is a bad team. I don't know if that's true. Um, I'd like to know what you think. Is is this team, as it stands right now, 4-7 and seven in the 2022 season, is this a bad team? Or maybe is there a more nuanced view? Uh, I know the, you know, the council is leading the witness here. Yeah. But what do you think about that, Dave? Are uh, are they a bad team right now? I mean, you have yeah. pointed, painted me into a corner. I can't just say, yes, they're a bad team now the way that uh, then I'm not nuanced. That's that's a great way to set it up. Um, so I'll attempt at nuance uh, in defining bad. Yes. I think they are talented. I don't think that this is a team that's devoid of talent, but I think they're they're playing badly because I just feel like they're broke. And we probably are repeating ourselves from podcast after podcast is that I think it's different reasons, both special teams, defense and offense. There's, I think, elements that's going on that's that's causing things to just break and be off sync, Uh, because I was thinking, you know, an NFL team from a pure talent. Like if you just lined up, like how many guys can run the four, four or faster? How many guys are 330 pounds? How many can bench, you know, so much, I bet you the, the distribution of physical talent is probably pretty close across most teams. I mean, it's not like college, right? Where mm-hmm. when Wisconsin plays their first game against the Ohio school, the blind or whoever they line up at the beginning of the, the season, they, they win 73 to 10. Yeah. Something right. Like that. No, no. It's like, well, that we're bigger. We have all yeah. three thirty guys and their defensive tackles are two fifteen. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a talent problem. Um, the Packers versus the Titans. Like I think talent wise, I think we're, we're right there, but I think that the mental part of the game will give you like a plus or minus 20 or 30% sort of up or down off of your just physical talent. And it just feels like we are at the low, low of the mental, you know, part of the game. Like I watch, I think Jair Alexander is a great example. Jair Alexander is not bad, but he is either like playing reckless or not caring or frustrated or something like mm-hmm. he's getting All burned. Of <laughs> yeah. Because he's, he, he's like, they're, they're picking on him now. And like, and he's there. And, and I just feel like he's either having to pay attention to a safety. They're confused out there. Um, so that, so is Jair playing badly? I, you know, I look like he had a bad game. The defense is playing bad, but man, you know, when you look at the talent on that defense, mm-hmm. um, it, I think they're talented. So no, I, I don't think that they could be far away from a rebound because I think they have a lot of talented players in some key positions, but they're just a broken team right now. And I'll pause if I want to come back to this, but I think it all starts is whatever is broken on offense, that that is the, the key breaking point of what's going on right now. But what is your nuanced view? Yeah. I, I think there's a difference between being bad you know, being a bad team and playing bad and having bad results. And, you know, everyone looks at the results and they, well, you are what your record is. I don't know if that's always true. I I mean, why, if that's true, then why were people saying, yeah, Packers are the worst 13 and three team ever. You you remember that after 2019? Um, Well, if you are what your record says you are, well, then you're not the worst you know, 13 and three are as good as every other 13 and three team ever. I, so I don't know that making a bottom line evaluation based on winning and losing is the, uh, is, is the threshold for whether or not you're a good team or a bad team. I, I happen to think 
to you know borrow a, a phrase I guess from from Narcos when Pablo Escobar said I'm I'm not a rich man I am a poor man with money, and that's that's a nuanced view of that, <laughs> and I and I and I think this is the the same thing here I I don't think the Packers are a bad team but I think they're a good team that's that's playing bad right now yeah and and this of course why we have Packers therapy is so so why is that happening and how should we feel about it? What what should we think about it? And I, I just think that you have a couple of factors, none of them in and of themselves necessarily major, but you put them together, and I think you have a four and seven team. And yeah. one of those things is you have a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, four MVPs, who can still play, but he's playing at a diminished capacity. Uh, with his thumb issue, I think that it creates some frustration along the way. And he's playing without a security blanket that he's had. In one way or another, he's had somebody to go to that he could rely on uh, who was who was a plus player ever since he's been with the Packers. And he doesn't have that now. And I think he's also realized that, hey, I'm, you know, Aaron Charles Rogers and I'm going to the Hall of Fame. I know better than the guy with the headset on the sideline. And so all of these things, I think, have diminished his play. And the fact that he is on the cusp of his 39th birthday, probably he doesn't move quite as well as he did. I think he can still throw the ball fine. We saw against Dallas. I mean, the guy yeah, was he can make throws. Right. He was tremendous. He had 146 passer rating. I think something like that it was crazy. And, you know, but then four days later, he just, you know, he was thrown behind guys again. And he, he it, it just wasn't there. He was throwing where his receivers weren't. So, okay, so that's a problem right there. But then on the defensive side of the ball, you have all these first round choices. And, you know, you have an all pro who's not on the field right now, but you've got that available. And for some reason, you know, the end result doesn't seem to match up. Well, a lot of people say it's coaching issue you know they're it's it's a scheme it's not necessarily that they're not being coached properly it's that they're being asked to do things that they're just not good at that that's not the mindset of the players that you have so you're trying to force uh their particular talent set into the scheme you want as opposed to making your scheme fit the talent that you have right. and that's and that's a problem but you add that together with you know the quarterback issue and the offensive line you have got two guys on the offensive line who are working their way back from significant knee injuries your leading receiver if you do it on the basis of catches is a tight end who's also coming back from acl and he's probably not what he was and and probably you know maybe maybe he won't be so that's additional factors you put all these things into the bowl you get out the whisk and you zip it around the you know and and what you get tastes terrible and i think that's kind of what we're facing here not so much that somehow a team that was 13 and 4 last year a coaching staff that is still largely the same there are some different faces in different places which could also be a factor not that those guys were schematic geniuses but there was a certain chemistry there with the group that was together for those 13 win seasons and everyone just didn't get immediately bad i mean i don't think lafleur went from being kind of a offensive savant to being an idiot uh it's just another one of those many factors when, when you combine together you get a team that is not uh, playing as well as its talents would suggest.
Yeah, I th- I think that's all correct. I do think that some things are uh, uninflicted. Uh, is that the right word? Uh, okay. Or self-inflicted. Uh, so, well, some are self-inflicted, and then the opposite of that is uh, uh, imposed on you or uh, pain. Oh. You know, Aaron Rodgers' age. You know, Devonte Adams leaving. I think those are things that were kind of outside of your control. Yeah. But I think there are three self-inflicted wounds that have helped helped us get here. You mind if I just list those off for you? Just uh, yeah. I would. I I really don't want to hear him, Dave. Uh, yeah. Oh shoot. Well, <laughs> after the podcast, I'll just tell my neighbor or I'll tell my wife. She'll love it. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nothing. I know nothing that my wife enjoys more. <laughs> Talking about the Packers. Packers. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I, I think the number one, and I think I am in a good place to be able to complain about this because I have podcasts in my past that have uh, argued against what they were doing. But I think the first self-inflicted wound is the way. The, the team got set up, and that is trying to focus so hard on trying to f- have the defense be great and that you let the offense decline. I've talked about this before, particularly, you know, I guess you could say, look, their offensive line is okay if they're healthy. They got good backs, but they let the tight end, the receiver just really deteriorate, and they just kept focusing on the defense and defense. And we were saying this year, and I think, although, uh, to give them a little credit, we did think like, Hey, maybe focusing on the run game and defense is going yeah. to work. And then you've got a hall of fame quarterback that can help you right. uh, sort of, you know, pick up the pass game. Well, I guess we've learned now that that's not, that doesn't work like you. And, and the reason I say this, Chris is because at one point I saw, you know, we've got this defense that has all these first round picks, these high priced guys that we've resigned and, and, and brought back. But at one point with all the injuries, I was like, wait a minute, with all this like all-star defense we have, who's out there right now? I see Enigbari. Uh, let me find Who, some Who's actually pretty good. I, I like him. I think he's playing fine. But, you know, so he was what, a fifth round pick or, yeah, that, or something that, like that? It sounds about right. Yep. So DJ Slayton, Jonathan Garvin, um, you know, these guys are out there together. Like these are not the all-star guys that I remember. And, and linebacker, you got Isaiah McDuffie. You've got Rudy Ford as safety. And I'm telling you, I can't tell the difference between the defense that we had all of our starters and these guys. It's like, you know, they're it's a bunch of guys out there, you know, and I feel like what what's what helps more than increasing your talent or having higher price linebackers or defensive tackle or safeties or whatever, it's 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 be playing with a seven to 14 point lead. Like you can take an average defense and be much better if you play with a lead. So what the Packers should have done is to have a good offense. You need to start with a good quarterback. They had that answered, but they should have filled that in with like the best lineup of receivers that would be unstoppable. And then you could, you could almost get scrubs. I mean, what is Rudy Ford doing out there? You know, being player of the game for us and, you know, Rasul Douglas last year, these are guys that they're just getting. And uh, I just think focusing on the defense, the rules of the NFL are set up to make the offense hum. And if you work against yourself to do that, then you just made yourself at a big disadvantage and you took one of your big advantages off the board by neutralizing Rogers. So uh, I, I think that's the first self-inflicted ruin, this idea that you got to try to fix the defense, but it, I get it. You know, we lost a lot of games because the defense wasn't very good. But I think when you think of those games that we lost because of defense, a lot of times it's because we went three and out in the fourth quarter. Like we should have an offense that is very, very good. Really, really talented. Like Christian Watson right now should not be the guy relying on. 
he should be like the the unknown rookie that you throw in there that pl- makes amazing plays around these veteran guys that you have. I th- I think of the Milwaukee Bucks right now have a rookie. Um, uh, oh, I forgot his name. Uh, is is he the guy that moves the ladder out of the way so that uh, Janice can shoot free throws after the game? Yeah, no, he wasn't. But they have a rookie that's kind of exciting. He's a little bit wild card. He's very raw. But he, you don't count on him right now. He's he. You throw him in with the veterans, and he gives you a good game, and you have like this crazy upside. And when he has a poor game, you still have you sit him down and let the veterans, you know, finish the game out. There were the Packers. They like, oh, Dobbs and Watson got it, got to have it now, got to have it now. And they just let that deteriorate so that they got in that position. And so that's my first self-inflicted wound uh, that I'll just harp on over and over and over. And I feel like we've gotten some questions of what do they do in the future? You switch this philosophy. Now Rogers is going to deteriorate and who knows if he'll retire or not. But I think the focus has to be on having a great offense and, and great offense usually starts with the passing game. Make that great. Go out and get a stud tight end, go out and get the receivers, you know, trade up, get this team to have a great offense again. Uh, How do you feel about that? Uh, so what you're suggesting is you want to map, you want to make passing great again or something. I do. Yes. Make, yeah, okay. make the pass great again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I mean, what, what has it done to them to keep trying to, you know, what are they going to do this at your draft? Are they going to try to now draft some defensive tackles, you know, to, uh, to replace some of the guys they have, or like, well, you know, Savage isn't very good. Let's go out and get a number one pick at safety. Well, now they have three years to acclimate to the defense. Um, I just think you get the Rudy Fords of the world and go out and get the best receivers and tight ends that you get and, and re-energize this passing game. Um, yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't think it's a bad idea. <laughs> I, I, I just don't know if, if it's, if it's the, 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 the silver bullet. Yeah. I, man, I just disagree because, okay, the second inflicted wound is Rogers's attitude. Um, like if he could have a, you know, and it does start back probably the preseason. He could have worked with these young guys early and, you know, brought them into the fold, encouraged them. But if, and that goes hand in hand with my first wound, if he's not happy, the rest of the team, I think that's that 20% of your enthusiasm or energy or whatever you call it. Like Mm -hmm. that's so flat because he's so flat and he's flat because he's not having fun. He can't do what he wants. He's got receivers that, you know, he doesn't like, he doesn't trust. So you've, you've come, your situation is compounded in that you have a quarterback who's a prima donna. You know, he's, he's, he wants the passing in to be great. And you're asking him to make, to play on a defensive run first team. And that doesn't fit. They should have known that. And that's, that is a kind of a self-inflicted wound too, is that he does not fit this scheme. Uh, I don't disagree. Um, he, I think they made some assumptions, which were faulty. I think they, they thought that he would be, cause he, you know, smartest guy in the room, right. That he would say, well, yes, of course I'll, I'll play within this system because that's the best way for us to win. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people might've actually go gone along with that program, but you know, he's got, um, a big ego. He's got a big contract. Uh, I think he realizes that the, the Packers need him more than he needs the Packers. And so he's kind of following his own program is, is my guess on that. And I think the mistake that was made is assuming that, you know, he would do, 
whatever he needed to do uh, to fit within the system and and, and make them successful. Um, I think for Rodgers, it's not enough to win. I think he needs to win the way he wants to win. Right. That's and right. I don't I, I don't think they calculated that when they were building their roster. Well, and I, maybe you give the floor a pass because he came in. You know, later, but, you know, Gutekinds in the front office, Murphy should have known, you know, how did he behave with McCarthy that his his behavior now is a surprise? Like he's done this to another coach and now he's yeah. losing his again. Right. Like I this is so frustrating to me. I was watching the game. I watched um, watched a little bit this morning and watched the three and outs, you know, all in mm -hmm. the second half. And there's a point where, you know, the announcer is like, what are you going to do? The guys aren't open. And I think that is baloney. There's one third down where it's like a third and nine and he's got guys open. Now they're not alone, you know, with no one within five yards, but they are a step ahead of everyone they had. He had um, Lazard on his right, you know, which kind of broke to the sideline. You throw it quickly. I mean, he's got a guy on him, but you throw it quickly, throw it to the right spot. He can catch him first down. You had Watson flying down the left sideline, you know, a step ahead of his guy. Someone's near him, but he's open. You know, you could throw it to him. And then I think even Cobb or Watkins or something, or maybe it was Tunyon. Tunyon was going out and, and he was open. I think that's the one where Rogers then threw it into the ground and in, in front of Tunyon. But if he hits him in stride, you know, Tunyon's got a chance, but it's got, you got to throw it over the linebacker. He's, he's got to catch it. But all three of those are relatively open guys. He sat is looking at it and is not throwing it and holding it and holding it. And then he throws it into the ground. I, I don't know. He's just broken right now. It, it, and so, but it's not a function of these. There's no one's open. I'm not, I'm not going to hear any of that. Um, now there was another third down where Rogers got sacked and the, uh, and, and they showed the camera from behind. So you can see what the quarterback sees. And I'm telling you, they have three or four receivers that are a good 50 yards down the field. I mean, they're way down there. And, and I think the only receiver that was close was Cobb. He got knocked off his feet by a linebacker. And so uh, Dylan and Cobb are like standing within two feet of each other with Cobb on the ground. And so Rogers looking downfield, these guys are running way down the field. The play to have right there is Rogers should get out of the scrum and he could have ran for 30 yards at least. Um, but he doesn't do that anymore. So you, you've got to figure out how you kind of manage the NFL offense without a running quarterback. Um, because, you know, everybody was downfield, you know, with all of receivers and they don't look open down there. So I, I think, um, uh, so Rogers attitude and I think his play, you know, I think there are receivers open. He's just not throwing it because I, I just think he's broken. That's my second inflicted. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. So my third is pretty easy. It's just Joe Barry. <laughs> Nothing needs to be said more there. I think, you know, that and that isn't so much of a problem now. I thought defensively they played well enough to beat Tennessee. Um, I mean, they held Henry for uh under for yards. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is not a problem on defense, but early in the season when they were consistently playing soft zone and not figuring out they needed to bring it, you know, be more aggressive. I, that's so stupid to me. I just can't stand it. So I think Joe Barry needs to go. We need to get someone who's got some fresh ideas in for uh defensive quarter next year. Uh, I don't uh, disagree with that, but it's, it's, I will have to be honest. I, th I think I've mentioned this before on the pod. I, you know, you you get jobs usually on the basis of, of what you've done in the past, uh, or sometimes it's because you have tremendous uh, promise, like the the guy um, the Packers 
didn't hire who wound up in uh, Denver, uh, kind of a young up-and-comer. So, you know, you can either have an impressive resume or you have indicators that are um, uh, markers for future success. Well, Joe Barry is old enough where he's, you know, not that exciting young guy coming up. And he has been defensive coordinator twice. He lasted two years in each spot, um, including, you know, one on an 0-16 team. And his defenses were among the lowest, you know, ranked in football in those years. So I'm not sure why that qualified him uh, to be the defensive coordinator. So I came into this with a negative attitude. Um, And now it appears clear that the head coach, wanted to run a certain kind of defense. And I guess it's statistically proven this rope-a-dope kind of, you know, defense where you make teams, you know, hold the ball for eight minutes and have 14 plays and they're going to make a mistake and you're going to wind up holding them to a field goal at worst. Um, Yeah, I suppose, um, you know, that can certainly work. It tires uh, your defense out. And it, if you have it, an offense that goes three and out a lot, yeah. that's what, I, that's just what I was getting at. You know, yeah. if you, if you're going to play that way, you have to play that way on, on offense to you. You have to say, okay, uh, we're not going to throw it all around the yard. Uh, we're not going to even do quick strike. We'd like to score, you know, right away, but you know, that'll put up, put our defense which just on the field for eight and a half minutes. <laughs> that, that's going to put them with a, you know, five minute rest. They're going to put them back on the field. And that I guess is what, they call complimentary football these days. Um, but it does make some sense. You want to have consistency between how you're playing on offense, how you're playing on defense, basketball fans, uh, college basketball fans will recognize that, you know, the Dick Bennett, uh, you know, Tony Bennett teams now at Virginia, they play complimentary. I mean, their, their, their offense is slow, uh, because you know, their defense also plays, that way. And the idea is to limit the scoring and give yourself a a chance, never let yourself get out of the game. The Packers don't seem to have that kind of, uh, you know, consistency and philosophy between offense and defense. So that's my issue with, with Joe Barry is that I, I, I really don't think that um, the scheme he wants to do is consistent with the talent they have. And I, I don't really want to blame buried necessarily for this, but the head coach, this is the way the head coach wants to play. And he brought him in because of this particular Vic Fangio kind of defensive scheme. And Joe Barry is, you know, doing what his boss you know, wants him to do. Uh, he wants, wants to be a little more aggressive, but not too much. And now he's tinkering with it. I, I'm wondering, Dave, if maybe uh, you don't have a head coach that's kind of feeling his way still. He hasn't had a lot of adversity uh, as head coach, and he is learning how to deal with that. I, I think he's been mixed in how he's uh, approached this current um, situation, and I'm thinking he's he's going to be a better head coach going forward. He's like, what is he, like 40 or early 40s? He's going to have a long career ahead of him, and he's going to be better because of this experience. But right now, I think he's learning. I think he's learning how to be a head football coach in the NFL. And I'm, I think he, like a lot of us, when you get into leadership positions, you have something in your head that I'm going to do it this way. But when you meet the reality, you realize, Oh, you know, 
that seemed very easy in my head. Right, <laughs> it, right. it, would be, it would be like if one of us on this podcast, listening to the podcast, you know, oh, if I was a coach, I'd do that, you know. And okay, so now you are the coach. And you realize that there's, you know, realities and constraints that yeah. you didn't People, see. Like, yeah. do you fire Joe Barry? You know, that's not so as easy as us saying it. That's right. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, because we don't know what Joe Barry, we don't, we don't, we don't care. We want the Packers to win. Right. And, there's a, there's a lot more to it than he, it's very possible that he's delivering exactly what the head coach wants. And right. now it's like, Oh my God, I can't really fire him because he's doing what I told him to do. You know? So any, anyway, I mean, that's, that's my Joe Barry take. And I don't, I don't think that he's necessarily a great coach, but I think he was hired because he would run the scheme that head coach wants to, and they're doing that and it's not working out. And so, and so now what do you do? Do you, do you fire the guy that's, that that's doing what you told him to do? <laughs> you know? Well, if that's what's happening, I mean, I, I think my assumption, I'm willing to give LaFleur a pass because I feel like he's run into a freight train of, just of like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> what's that? You just like his eyebrows. Come on. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, he, <laughs> maybe that's true. Um, but he, uh, you know, Rogers is, is there, you know, they're, they haven't figured it out. This is the first losing season he's had. He said, you got to give him some time to, uh, he's a young coach. So that you, you, you assume that your growing pains would have happened year one. Well, they looks like they're going to happen year four. And so I guess I'm willing to roll with that, but I think a mistake that he's made, and that's a mistake that I think a lot of young leaders would do is that, you know, you want to surround people that you're comfortable with so that you can kind of control yeah. your situation. And I think it's a, he had uh, Petten, who I think he was scared of, yeah. and they fired him. And said, I don't I want that situation, <laughs> right? I, I, and he was probably a much more of a rah-rah guy in the locker room. He was probably intimidating, um, and he didn't want they want someone he could control. He got Joe Barry, and I think if he's going to be great, what's the expression we always say? The A faculty hire A faculty, <laughs> and B faculty hire C faculty. Exactly. Right? I think exactly. Lafleur <laughs> is still kind of a. That was a B faculty move. He brought in a C guy that he could control mm-hmm. when, you know, you look at Mike Dicka and um, Buddy, oh, Ryan. Was Buddy Ryan, right. They hated each other, oh, yeah. but they, they, they were able to, I mean, they had the greatest teams of all time because they, um, you know, uh, what is, what was the defense card again? Um, oh, but it was Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan. He was so great, you know, and and they had to share the the spotlight a little bit. And uh, when they could kind of make it work, they were awesome. When Buddy left, you know, they were never really the the, the same. I think so. I think Lafleur is gonna have to get someone in that made it feel make him feel uncomfortable, but run a de- you know be a bright mind that has uh, independent thought. And I think he's gonna have to be able to deal with that. I would be very concerned. If we go into the offseason and he's like, he's 100% behind Joe Barry, that to me is, we're kind of stuck, not just with the C defensive coordinator, we're stuck with a B head coach. And I'm hoping that he becomes an A head coach. Well, I'm really glad you opened the door to that because, you know, I think I've always assumed that head coaches, you know, when you kind of peel back, you know, the layers of, of external uh, skin, uh, underneath they're all kind of the same. This was always my assumption that they're all, you know, the, the tough guys that I remembered from, you know, the couple of years where I played where they, you know, grab your face mask and they get in your face and you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know that that's good or bad, but I just kind of thought that's the way all coaches were. I think Mike McCarthy was and, and kind of is that way, you know, he kind of a tough guy blustering and, you know, he, he, 
it talks like he's a one of those motivational posters, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of coaches do that. I mean, at, at all at all levels, you know, they 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 get to the podium or they address their team, and it's it sounds like you know you've walked into the HR office where they've got all those lame you know motivational posters on the wall. That's the way these guys talk. Well, I don't know that Matt Lafleur is that guy. Um, I I don't know at this point. Um, if he's more of a technocrat, you know, where he seems to be really good at, you know, kind of game planning before the game starts. But, you know, when you're in the emotion and the heat of the game, he doesn't really seem to be quite as adept. And I don't know what kind of um, inner piss and vinegar he has, uh, you know, going on. Uh, You never had to wonder about uh, Mike McCarthy, because, you know, he was he was going to be that tough guy and he could apparently, you know, stand in front of a room and motivate guys from, you know, they're down uh, they're they're four and six and they and they went out in, in 2016. Uh, you know, they, they've got adversity even in the first year. They're four and eight and they win the last four games of the year to finish 500. Uh, you know, even Mike Sherman, I think, you know, had that he had in his first year, you know, I think they won the last four or five games to finish nine and seven. And they had some bad starts, but they rallied from those bad starts to make the playoffs. I think that was frustrating to a lot of people because they wanted the guy gone, but damn if his you know team didn't respond. I don't know if the, the Packers right now have that ability under this particular regime that they're going to be able to kind of emotionally rally the team enough to, you know, be better than they should be. And, you know, let's face it, McCarthy, when they won in 2010, that team was... 15 guys, whatever on the, on, on IR. And they were, I think they, they probably shouldn't have won that year anyway. They, they probably should have made the playoffs, but somehow it, you know, he held the team together and he motivated that team and he got results. Yeah. Um, right now, uh, I, it's too soon to say with LaFleur because they've had three consecutive 13 win seasons. So you know that there's some ability there, but when things don't go exactly right, I think that is when it, it kind of goes beyond X's and O's. It goes, you know, your ability to either, you know, joke or say the right thing. Um, you know, when they stand in front of the podium to say this stuff, because you know that everyone on the team is looking at what the coaches got to say in the postgame comments. Um, and I, th- I think the good coaches use those opportunities to speak to their team um, from what they say publicly. And I, I have no idea what Matt LaFleur is like to work for just zero idea. Uh, but you know, you only can go on what you see. You can see, you know, the affect or the failure, uh, you know, to hear those kind of we're, we're, we're nobody's underdog, you know, comments, those things that maybe can motivate a team. I don't know if he's, if he's got that in him or if he hasn't developed it yet because he's a young guy who's still building his coaching career. I, I want to say that he's in his, fourth year. And I think he might be in his early forties. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, McCarthy, when he came to the Packers was 42. Um, so by the time LaFleur is 42, he'll have like five years as a head coach under yeah. him. So yeah. he's really getting just kind of in the front end of his career. And he's not now what he's going to be going forward. So I, I, I don't want to, you know, cast too much shade on the guy because, you know, he's had a lot of success. But this is the time, you know, you wonder if a Mike Vrabel, you know, you you can see the way he's kind of cocksure in the way that football yeah. coach he's is. He's been in the top trench. Should. You know, it feels like, yeah. you know, he's got an instinct about him, right? Because he's mm-hmm. been there. 
Right. And I, you see that with other coaches that they have that, that thing, that it, you know? Right. Um, and I, I don't know if LeFleur has got that. I don't even know if you necessarily need it, but at times like this, what you're doing isn't working and it calls into question, do you have the reservoir underneath your external skin uh, to do the things that are going to make guys want to care when you're four and seven and it appears as though you're out of the playoff hunt. Right. Well, you know, the, what he is, is what we asked for, right? We, we didn't yes, ask for yes. a guy that had experience. Yep. We didn't want someone who's been, you know, there before a, a player or something like that. Right. He was a programmer who knew the Shanahan code, right? He, he yep. was one of those guys. There's only a couple of them there. And he was one, he could code in Shanahan language. Yep. And uh, I got the feeling for me now, like he's, he can program in the, during the week and during the game when it's not working, like he's, he's like, he keeps hitting the enter button. Like it should work. <laughs> it should work. In fact, I think one of his comments on the post game was like, I don't get it. It worked five days ago. Like <laughs> the program was running, you know, on it. and so he needs to be able to like go back and reprogram. Well, he can't do that, you know, in the middle of a third quarter. I think that's with, that's now experience and he may get that, but he should surround himself with very experienced, you know, offensive coordinator and probably defensive coordinator, particularly that probably is less of a programmer and more of a, of a technician or, you know, someone that's actually done it. Um, but I, I, I think he will probably grow that. That's what you get with time. If he's given that time, but we're getting what we asked for now, you know, yep. the program yep. isn't working because yep. your inputs are, are, are not aligned and, uh, you know, and he doesn't have a plan B or plan C is it's, 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 this program is it. And, you know, I was thinking too, the, the play, uh, that the Titans ran where Henry ran to line stopped and did a jump past the tight Oh God. Yeah. For, right? the, for the touchdown. Yeah. Teams that do that are in sync. They can kind of like, we got our basics down and now let's, what do we want to add to the game plan? What it like, how about we do this? You know, I saw something when we try this. I think the Packers are spending all week trying to figure out how to run a third and sixth play. You know, how to, Watson, you got to be here, not here. Like, we're not doing anything creative. Um, I just felt like that shows the disparity on offense, too. Like, we we have a few wrinkles. I thought the the, uh, the two-point conversion that we got from uh, mm -hmm. Aaron Jones, like, that was a pretty – there was a couple of uh, the that pony – I thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a pony where they fake to both of them. And, uh, mm -hmm. and then Rogers has got a ton of time on off a of play action. Like there's a little bit of that, but, um, I feel like they've got to spend so much time on the basics that they're not able to even be creative at all. And that's again, what we signed up for because we have kind of rookies and, you know, and, and it's running that offense, uh, second tier guys. So, um, yeah, I think LaFleur is not – this is a bad – he's in a situation where if it's bad, it gets worse uh, rather than – I don't – you know, McCarthy was more of a situation where maybe he could turn things around because he had a little bit more of in-the-trenches, you know, experience. Yeah, I I, th I think it's – it's hard for us to tell because again, these are subtle nuanced things. We don't, we, we, we see the guy at the podium. We don't see him at the podium in the team room on, right. you know, on Wednesday morning when they're installing the game plan and, you know, 
they're saying whatever it is they say. You know, well, the press thinks that we're we're terrible, and we're going to show them this week. Or no, we don't. We don't know. He may be doing those things. I mean, maybe, maybe he's got coaches on his staff that are that way. You know, that will are able to 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 motivate guys in those in those ways. And it's, it's, it's and it's not a rousing speech. It's sometimes just kind of the way you carry yourself. Um, if you're panicked, they'll be panicked. Uh, if you're cool about it, you know, all those kinds of things. Maybe one of the best things they did in this regard was that, you know, they let go of eight, you know, they, they said, okay, you know, that, that experiment with Amari Rogers is over and that took him a while. It, it did. But when it did happen, uh, that I think sends a message to everybody else on the team that, Oh, okay. I guess non-performance, you know, does it's, it's a public execution. Don't like that myself. I didn't behave that way as a manager myself, but it can work. And I think in a, in a milieu like professional football, you know, that kind of, you know, um, ride or die attitude, um, I think is, is, is going to, is actually a good thing. And that's why, even though Rogers, Amari Rogers might end up in, uh, Houston being a very valuable part of that team, uh, you know, because he got picked up right away. He's third round pick. He's got some talent, maybe a different scheme. He does better regardless of what he does down there or wherever else he winds up. I think the message that it sent to the rest of the team is probably not a bad one. Uh, and at least in terms of the NFL, I don't think I would, you know, do that at, you know, if I was managing an insurance company or a bank or something, I'm not sure that's necessarily the right thing to do, but in the NFL probably is. And I don't really know what kind of attitude is being cultivated inside that team. But you wonder, Dave, when you see some of the things, you know, other coaches say, um, was it, was it Robert Sala or was it? the guy from New York, it was somebody said, you know, yeah, you know, if, if you punch this team in the mouth, you know, they're not going to, you know, respond, you know, right. And it's like, wait a second. Is, is that what the word on the street is about this team around the league? Right. I mean, do the Packers have a reputation of either being physically or emotionally not stout? You know, right. is, 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 is that the reputation? And those people are inside and, you know, players travel from team to team and somebody was on the Packers, they go somewhere else and they say, yeah, you know, this is the way you can exploit them because, you know, they don't practice in pads and they, and they don't do these things. And, you know, and, and they're so focused on this. If you do that, you know, there's a reputation for some reason about the Packers in the same way, the Titans, I mean, all this, well, they're a tough physical team. They're tough. They're physical. And after the game, it was the same narrative. Well, yeah, you saw a physical football team there. I thought, well, it looked to me like everyone was physical on the field on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I didn't but, see a toughness yeah. Yeah, one way or the other. So is, is that just hype? Uh, or, you know, does Tennessee have something in terms of the physicalness of their play that the Packers don't have and that others in the league see and they're, and they're exploiting it? I don't. I don't know, but you wonder in some of these post-game comments that you hear that seem to kind of suggest that maybe the Packers aren't physically or emotionally tough. Well, I think this year it's a fair comment to say, you know, you, you put them off their spot. They, they can't reorganize themselves back. I think that's an indictment on Salah's buddy LaFleur um, because I, I don't think you could say any of the guys individually are not tough. But I think organizationally and coaching wise, like you, 
you get them off kilter, either whether it's Rogers or the rest of the team or the floor, uh, they, they do not recover. Well, I think that is clear to me that that's true. So I think it's a very uh, good comment. The thing, you know, you're right. We can't see what's going on in the locker room and they might be doing all the right things. And, um, maybe it's something that we're not thinking of, but I, the, the, on the field stuff, you know, um, the, on defense, I feels like we're consistently seeing cornerbacks and safeties kind of pointing at each other. I mean, we're at the, what the, uh, the 11th game now. And, you know, there's still confusion in the backfield. So there's that. Yeah. And then I also thought I was interesting. Uh, the, there's one third down where um, Rogers was getting pressure. He was looking at Tanya, didn't throw it right away. Then he threw it over Tanya's head when Tanya sort of went to the, in the sideline. And as soon as the ball was incomplete, Tanya turned and looked toward the coaching staff right away with kind of his like, what is going on? And I felt like, um, I thought the play was, is that Tanya was running kind of a fade a little bit and Rogers throw it on time and it would be there when he didn't throw it. Then Tanya decided to do something different. It wasn't on the same uh, mind that Rogers had. And uh, it just fell incomplete to nobody. Uh, but I thought it wasn't sort of a, he didn't hit himself in the head. He didn't look back at Rogers. He kind of looked at the coaching staff, like what's going on. It's just, those are signs that it's just all these, there's brokenness on this team and uh, maybe read too much into it, but. Um, no, I, needs I, to be a reset. I, think I think your word broken is right. I, I mean, I think we, what we have here to extend your analogy, I think we have a fine automobile. It's just broken right now. Yeah. And so, and so it's, it's misfiring. It doesn't start. It, Great it tires. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, there's a lot to, to, to like, but for some reason, it, it needs a tune-up of some kind. And is it a is it a bad car? Well, no. It's a you know it's a it's it's a Lamborghini. You know, but but it's got some problems. And so right now, it appears to be a bad car and a bad investment. But you know, with some tinkering, it's probably going to be just fine. So my answer to tinker with this car is you focus on offense next year. I mean, I don't think you have a lot of room on uh to sign uh, free agents and things no, like that no. but you do it in the draft you you pick up some veteran receivers you know that is an upgrade from Lazard and Cobb um I, there's got to be some that'll be your second third tier receivers who on our team might you know be much very serviceable third and fourth receivers you focus on offense you get rid of Barry and you sit down with Rogers and figure out is he on the bus or not and then you just make the call you either trade him and take the hit or you um, you get them on board, say and 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 run it again. But I I think I, I uh, that part I guess is really hard because Rogers can say he's all in and yeah. then completely turn on you. So maybe you just got to make a call based on your experience this year. Um, I think for the rest of this season, I think you got to sit Rogers at some point. And they are setting this thing up with this whole thumb. I can't grip the ball. Uh, all of that is they're setting this up for him to go in IR. It does I'm, feel I'm, like that. That doesn't it. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming a mile away. I just don't know if they want to do it before the Eagles game. You know, it's a Sunday night game. I don't know. Rogers may want to play in that one, but you know, they lose that game. Then I think, I don't think Rogers is going to feel a noon game in Chicago outside. I think he's going to be like, yeah, the thumb, let's shut it down. I, I, <laughs> so I think he plays against the Eagles, but I don't think he plays against the bears, but then you got the bye week too. That maybe you wait to the bye week. That's um, right. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, I just don't think he. 
I don't think he wants to lose to the Bears. I, I think he's going to shut this thing down so that he doesn't have to say I lost to the Bears. Well, you know, and that makes that. I mean, there's a lot of scenarios, but I think you're right. This is a, a bit of dramatic foreshadowing that they've been doing with, you know, um, being able to so- make a soft pivot uh, yeah. to Jordan Love by saying, well, you know, we would play Rodgers, yeah. but you know yeah. the fact of the matter is people yes he's got a broken thumb and he's been yeah. playing it's with been, a broken he, thumb and yeah what a hero he's been playing with this exactly. thumb it's been like a normal person yeah it'd be like traveling two time zones it's this, this <laughs> thumb is amazingly difficult and uh it's no wonder he's played so bad yeah well let's get we, we, i made the mistake uh we're recording on a sunday morning which is unusual because we usually record late in the evening um but I put out something out on Twitter saying, hey, we're about to record, you know, and I guess uh, no one goes to church, apparently, because <laughs> we have uh, quite a number of people. Uh, first of all, our man Patrick, uh, you know, from Ireland. I don't know if you've seen um, his picture on Twitter. What a magnificent beard Patrick has. Fantastic. Yeah? Uh, yeah. I'm ass- well, assuming that's him. Uh, or if it's not, nice choice of a stock photo, Patrick. <laughs> uh, that was well done. Anyway, he said you'll probably cover it anyway. But do you try love now or do you wait until everyone is in preseason mode once elimination is official? And, and this is exactly what we're, what we're touching on right now. Um, I kind of think what they're going to do is, is wait a little bit. I, I, I would agree with Dave on, on this. Uh, but what would you like if you were LaFleur? What would you do? Well, if if the um, if it was <laughs> I was going to say, um, if Rogers' personality wasn't involved, I would I would probably uh, put him on the IR right now. No. But I don't know that you can do that uh, because that could divide the locker room if he's pissy about it. You know, if he's forced to go on IR. Oh, what I I, I, I would c- care less. But if he's pissy about it, but well, but but you run the risk then of damaging the rest of the team. And are you going to get what you want by doing that? If you create these kinds of divisions, then then your experiment with love, you know, the uh, the test is not good uh, because of other factors. You know, you you are introducing a variable that may not allow you to get the kind of read on love that you want is especially if. Oh, sorry. Go. Well, I think that's a really interesting question because I don't know if the locker room is behind Rogers, because did you see Devondre Campbell's quote on it was uh, the local talk radio i don't know or it was like one of those tv you know Green oh, Bay radio right. Yeah, shows. Yeah, uh, right yes right like the one we went to with klaus and yep. uh we met Devante there Devante, uh, yeah. and Devondre campbell they were asking about love and Devondre unprovoked oh, yes. said uh, oh yeah he's, he's starting as anybody yeah yeah he's he's better than some guys who are starting now and yeah right uh, and that had an edge to it of like you know we're behind this guy so i'm sure the floor knows the locker room if they sit you know sit rogers down does he lose the locker room or is the locker room get a buzz of excitement like hey well, that, that's a good question yeah. it, that that would mean everything to me if I mean, I'm sure Cobb and, and Bakhtiari are not uh, all for having Rodgers be forced to sit, but the rest of the team might. And uh, you would know that if you are a coach with any, unless you're all you do is sit in front of the computer and code. I mean, if you know your locker room at all, you would know. And if there would be a sense that this would be a shot in the arm to get love in there, I would do it in a heartbeat right now. Well, what about this as a possibility? Um, maybe the coach would like to 
But the front office is like, mm, I don't think so, dude. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mark Murphy might be saying, yeah, we're not going to sit a guy that we're paying $50 million to. I mean, we made a decision to ride or die with this guy. And if he thinks he can play, he's a Hall of Famer. He's faced the franchise. He's, he's going to have to play. Sorry, Matt. Well, that's a broken organization then. That's that's making decisions that are non-football related. Imagine the Patriots, you know, they're paying Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe that money when Tom Brady came in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They sat Bledsoe down. They went their best chance was to play with Brady and they stuck with it. I'm sure that probably wasn't a financial uh common sense thing to do, but you go with the best way that you think you can win. And uh, you know, so yes, if Mark Murphy and Gutekinds are getting involved in there, then I would feel like, you know, that's this is like a Twitter situation. This whole thing is screwed up. And what, you know, what, why are our expectations high when they're making dumb decisions like that? Well, but you know, it's a, it's well, well, first off your analogy, I get where you're going with that, but really, you know, Drew Bledsoe is not uh, to the Patriots in but circa 2001. He's not to the Patriots. What Aaron Rodgers is, um, you know, he's, it, very much like Brett Favre. I mean, you're talking about a guy, um, you know, who's going to be on, you know, the ring of honor and he's going to have a gold jacket and all that kind of crap. Um, Drew Bledsoe's not that guy. And so it's easier to move on from a guy like that than it is to a guy, you know, who's, you know, his whole entire career, you know, with your team, um, the, there's fans would be divided, you know, the same way they were about Brett Favre. I don't it's, know. At four yeah, and seven, know. if you have a divided locker room, or, you know, at best, I, I, man, I think the Patriots had to do, they were winning and had to make that call. I mean, here, this is, you got nothing to lose here. So it's not like, you know, people will terribly on fire that you play love because we're going to miss the playoffs. Uh, this is, this is how you want the rest of your season to end. Um, let's move on to, uh, Rusty. Uh, he is also tweeting at us and responds to my, uh, impetuous, uh, tweet this morning. I can't believe the number of people that are really enjoying this. Okay. Um, Rusty says, I couldn't read the article, but the name I haven't heard mentioned in regards to Quay's role. Oh, I see. Cause I, I posted an article from the Milwaukee journal Sentinel saying that, uh, it's time to maybe consider moving Quay Walker to outside linebacker. Uh, you know, he's playing inside now. Uh, you don't have 52 any longer uh, for the season. So they need help probably, you know, from the outside. And the article was saying, well, you know, give him a try there. Let Chris Barnes play uh, inside uh, when, De- when Devondre Campbell comes back. The two of them can play side by side. And then you see if, you know, maybe Quake, because he's so fast. Right. would be good on the outside. So anyway, uh, that's to set up Rusty's question. I couldn't read the article, but the name I haven't heard mentioned in regards to Quay is the role that Micah Parsons plays on the Cowboys. Uh, Rusty says that Parsons is unique. Same size. Yep, yep. Um, but uh, he says could be what they might be able to do with Quay. And I really agree with that. I mean, when I was watching um, – some of the pass rush stuff that a Walker was, was, was doing. Um, I, I liked that. And he's actually not as small as he looks. I, I, his weight is listed at, at 241 pounds. So he's not, I thought he was like a 230 guy because it's just the way he's built. And even at 241, I don't think he's that stout in the middle. And he also seems kind of tentative. And so maybe if he knew that his role was to blast from the edge, you know, and work around the tackle and get to the quarterback and use his speed, you know, maybe taking out that 
all the stuff you got to think about when you're in the middle of the field. If you're on the edge, maybe that loosens up um, his his mind that he's able then to not think as much, but just use his athletic ability. And that's what the Cowboys have done with Micah Parsons. He was, I believe he was drafted as an inside linebacker, but they have him, you know, playing outside and the guy's enormously disruptive. Uh, so I appreciate that uh, question, Rusty, because I'd like to see, regardless of how this, you know, things play out here, I'd like to see them try some things in the remaining six games. And one right. of them is let's, let, let's see if maybe Quay Walker, you know, could be an outside linebacker. And maybe that as much as I like Preston Smith, then maybe you don't have to bring back, you know, Preston Smith, maybe you save some money that way. And when you have 52 back, you have 52 and seven as they're outside rushers. Does it feel that the media and the fans and the podcasts like understand this team better than the coaching staff? Like, I feel like, you know, the changes they've made are things that the reporters are saying, do you, how much longer are you going to have Amari return punts? Uh, have you thought about, you know, not playing soft zone on third down and three yards to go? Um, and then, you know, they like slowly adjust to the things we're like, all right, finally. Um, and this is, here's another example. Like, do you think the Packers in our office is thinking about this at all? This had to come from a reporter. What was it Bill Huber wrote the article or something like that? Like, I forget who it was. No, it was, it's coming from the outside. I wonder if that is like anywhere on their radar screen. I think that is Barnes. I think, uh, I keep forgetting, you know, Barnes is a very serviceable player. He's really yeah. good against the run. Absolutely. And if you put him with Campbell and then you make Walker kind of your X factor, that's pretty interesting. Like, let's give that a try. I, I, I just think Joe Barry, uh, I don't even think that guy can program. I, I don't even know what Joe Barry's doing, but he's not thinking outside the box at all. I I think he had to be like pushed to blitz at all. And now they're, you know, trying to bring blitz and it's getting picked up. I, I don't know. I, I would be shocked if they do something creative like that. I felt like for as much as we dumped on Dom Capers, he would, I mean, he'd, he'd have that one package where it'd be all linebackers. He didn't, they all lined up. You didn't know where the blitz was coming yeah, from. Like he yeah. had some creativity to him. Barry is just trying to, you know, walk, take one step in front of the other. Well, he, I, I think he's, he's just following the orthodoxy. You know, this, this is what the defense is supposed to do. We're not going to depart from that. We're not going to tinker with it. But I think that some of them, the best coaches are the ones that have a system, but are willing to kind of modify that. System. Of course. Uh, and so yes. here's, here's where Mike Holmgren's genius was. In my opinion, he came out of the West coast offense. He learned uh, from the guy, you know, who was the architect of the modern version of that offense and the late great uh, Bill Walsh. And so Holmgren learns all that many years. He's steeped in the system. He comes to green Bay, but the situation is different. And so, you know, he begins to, you know, modify that particular system to fit the circumstances as they existed in Green Bay. And subsequent coaches have done that. You know, they've introduced shotgun to that. You know, they've now, you know, put in some, you know, kind of pistol stuff and different, you know, it has evolved over time. And I, I think the thing about the NFL maybe more than most industries Everyone's got film on everybody else. You know, they're, they're constantly, you know, watching and seeing. And so, yeah, for all a, a while, a couple of years, uh, Shannon offense, all the rage. Well, guess what? The defensive guys are spending their off season figuring out ways to beat that. And scoring is down in the NFL this year. And, you know, there's the, the game has kind of shifted a little bit because 
I think that defensive coaches have adjusted. And so the orthodoxy of doing certain things that work for a couple of years, I think in the, in the NFL, things things work for a couple of years max. And then you have to shift and change. Right. Mike, Mike, Mike McCarthy found this out, right? He he was a highly successful football coach, and he was until he, until he wasn't. And that's because everything is always evolving and changes. They get a book out on you, or you get some key players hurt uh, that were instrumental to your system, and now you've got to adjust. And I, I don't think Joe Barry is good at that because I don't think he's being asked to do that. And I also think that they have a quarterback who's kind of reluctant uh, to these changes. I mean, quarterback touches the ball every play and he has got to be willing to do what it is you want to do to evolve and change. And if you don't have that guy and he's a big part of your salary cap and he's very popular with a lot of people, a lot of people don't like him, but a lot of people do. They've got his Jersey. It's, it's not as always as easy. The fans feel broken. The fan, the, we we can see the things, and we're willing because we don't have anything really invested in this other than our emotions, and so we're willing to to say, well, yeah, they should put Quay Walker outside. They should give that a try, you know, or they should give Jordan Love a try. Yeah, that is all. It's probably right, but I don't think it's that easy when you actually take that mindset and you put it into the practical nature of how you're going to actually do this in practice with human beings in the locker room, financial constraints from the front office, all these kinds of factors that we know nothing about. They, If you set LaFleur down right now, he might say, you know, every, everything that people are saying on Twitter and what you guys say, yeah, that's exactly right. But here's the five reasons why we hesitate to do that or why we don't think we can do that because of these things. But you got to get rid of those five things then like that. You can't just throw up your hands and be like, well, that's what that's how it works. Like the team that is able to eliminate those five things, the best will be the ones that win. You know, I look at the Rams. The Rams were not a very talented team last year, but they sort of, I think, went against the grain, signed a bunch of free agents and then went out and won a Super Bowl. Tampa did it the year before. Now, you know, I don't know if that's going to work. It'll maybe flip back the other way, but it's teams that are able to kind of look at when this happens in investing all the time. If there is a strategy that works, it sort of works for a day or two or a week or, and it instantly gets arbed out. It's just like, you can't stay and do the same thing over and over. It's successful. People will pile on and you've got to constantly adjust. You have to constantly think about not just what this news will mean. It's what investors think that news will mean or what investors think investors think that this news will mean. Like you, you have to be kind of playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. So if LaFleur sat me down and said, yeah, we'd love to have Quay Walker, but we can't because of salary cap and, you know, it's, uh, he doesn't want to. And what are you going to do with, um, uh, you know, Preston Smith, he'll play less. Yeah. And, you know, Preston Smith gets really mad real quick. You know what? All, that's all garbage. Like you run the team to how you think it works and it, with what the personnel you have and you get rid of those obstacles. I, I, I get it that they're there and it's not as easy as we make it sound, but you got to, you can't not be flexible. You can't not be creative, right? Um, did you just make a reference to arbitrage? I did say ARB. Yeah. 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 Ar- okay, okay. yeah. Well, th- that's, I want to translate that uh, because, I mean, very impressive. And so today's word, students, is arbitrage. You can go Ar- look that Ar- up. It gets ARBed out. Yeah. Arbitraged yes. out. Right. Yes. Yes. So, so you can go look that up on the internet and we'll <laughs> look forward to a 500 word essay uh, about that. And next week we'll cover neoliberalism. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Or Bitcoin. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. So um, I see that uh, Tom the Glassman uh, has also responded. Um, I believe the recently retired and moved to Southern California, I think. Uh, I noticed also that Tom's got two stars um, on his uh, Twitter handle. Maybe he was promoted from chief petty officer to uh, rear admiral. I'm not exactly. Oh, I thought that was his ranking. Or like he's, he was rated two stars out of five. I was like, what's wrong with Tom the uh, Glassman? He, like, he, no, he is a five. Star. Five out of five, right? He's a five star. But I, I'm thinking it's something to do with the military. But anyway, okay. um, from elation to depression in only four days. <laughs> or how to finally find a team's identity only to squander it and fall back into hero ball. Okay, I think what Tom's referring to here is they had an identity against uh, Dallas. Uh, they were going to they're going to run the ball. And I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it was what, 30, 35 times they ran. It was it was it was a big number that they ran the ball. They and ran the ball uh, 39 times, 39 two, times. two from Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. So 37 among among the running backs. I think they might have also had to end around there, too. So anyway, the 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 point is they they were they pounded on the ground and then they didn't do much of that against Tennessee. And I. You know, I'm not going to rip that um, decision because, you know, Tennessee really good against the ground game. Dallas, not so good. And so they modified their game plan to fit their opponent. Right. And I this is one I'm actually glad, glad Tom Tom mentioned this because there are people um, very common out there right now um, saying it doesn't matter if the running's not working, you stick with it. If that's who you are, because eventually it's going to work by the third quarter, you know, or it's, it's going to break and, and look at 33, you know, he's, he's, he's so damn good. He's so damn shifty that yeah, sure. He's going to get bottled up five times, but that sixth time he's going to bust it out for 38 yards. Yeah, really? Are we, are, are, are we willing to say, you know, we're going to run, we're going to commit to running the ball and, we're not going to get first downs for, um, you know, quarter and a half, but we're going to commit because Man, that's we're going to, yeah, yeah we're, gonna, we're coming I, in the fourth quarter we're down by 20. Yeah. 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 And it, it's like, um, I, I just, there are so many people, um, that are big into the identity. What's the identity of your team? Well, you remember the Michigan state basketball team in 2000 that beat UW in the final four. I think it beat I three remember. Yeah. Yep. That was a team did that team have an identity? Well, no, the, against the Badgers, they were, you know, physical. And I, the score at the half was like, it was like 20 to 18 or something. It was something just terrible. But then when they played in the championship game, I, I think that that game was, I think they played in the eighties, you know, and they were running up and down the floor and they were doing, they modified their game to fit the opponent. You know, they did whatever they had to do to win. Right. And so I, I've always been skeptical about the identity thing, because if you have an identity, everyone knows what you're coming to do. Well, you and, balance it, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah you, right. You, you have what you do best and then you have weaknesses that the team presents to you and you pull you. You sit down and you figure out which one makes most sense. It's a little bit of both. But maybe it's really one or the other. I know nothing about Tennessee, but all I heard the announcers talk about is that this guy's hurt. This guy, there's a rookie yeah. over here. Why don't they attack him? And I thought, well, man, their secondary must be their weakness. If they came in like, nope, we're going to establish the run. I, if there, if it's very, very weak, you, you, you attack, you know, their safeties and their corners. Um, and you would see that I always go back to Belichick. 
There'd be some games where Tom Brady would throw for 60 plus passes and there'd be some way through for like less than 10. And they were like when it was so obvious that the weakness the other team presented to you was either through their pass or run defense, like you attack that you adjust. You don't just do. That's also like saying you're going to run the same defense despite your talent. Like you got to adjustment is everything. And I, I agree with that. So them, you know, throwing the ball a little bit more than against Dallas make total sense to me. Rusty uh, has another comment for us. He's curious about our opinions. Well, right there is a mistake, Rusty. Uh, I don't know why anyone gives uh, flying whatever about our opinions. Uh, anyway, he wants to hear up in about the large question of what direction next season should take, considering the three big anchors that are Rogers, Bakhtiari, and Jones's contracts. That is, if this is or is not the time to talk about it. Big subject, he says, and I agree. Um, you you do have these are really live constraints, and this is where this kind of dovetails, I think, with um, you know what Tom had to say. Um, you know, when it comes to the team's identity, Rogers, Bakhtiari, and Jones are kind of you know identity players, if you will. Um, Rogers and Bakhtiari. Uh, really kind of speak to the identity as a passing team. And Jones, of course, speaks to the identity as a running team. And so if you are not going to bring, you know, those players back, it is going to speak to what you see your team being, the kind of group you're going to be. And at this point, I, I, Bakhtiari, when he plays, is still really, really good. But you don't know when he's going to play from week to week. And I don't he's not getting any younger either. Uh, as much as I like the guy, as much as he's been a great Packer, I don't know that you can bring that guy back next year. I, I'd have to look at the, the cap implications, but we've talked about this since his injury happened. You know, is, is he ever going to be the same player? Well, there's a question of will he ever be a player again? And now he seems to be a player, but not certain from week to week. Jones, um, while he still looks like a really good player, and I think we can actually think Mike McCarthy because he, he didn't play Jones a lot early on. And that was probably good because I think it's extended his shelf life a bit, but the guy's 28 and I think his cap number next year is it might be 20 million. Uh, but he's probably the best guy you have in terms of being a complete back. Who's a factor in the running game, a factor in the passing game, but that's a big number for, especially for running backs in the NFL, they don't last that long, but maybe he doesn't have as much mileage on his odometer. I'd be quicker though, to bring him back because I don't think you have an alternative in the way you do with, you know, maybe Yash can go back to the left side if you don't bring Bakhtiari back and you've got some young linemen that can maybe plug in. Um, so I would be sooner to bring back Jones uh, probably reluctantly part ways with Bakhtiari and Rogers. I don't know if the Packers can make a decision on that. I think that's going to be a decision that Rogers is going to make. Right. And I'm not, and I'm uncertain. He might be very excited about the three young receivers that they have. They've each shown some promise, especially nine, the past two games. I, I heard something this morning, his five touchdowns are, he has more touchdowns in the past two games than, um, uh, Justin Jefferson has in the entire season. And I didn't look that up to verify it. Um, and if I heard that right, I mean, that's, that's remarkable. And I know, I know all he does is catch touchdowns. Well, there's a value in being able to catch touchdowns. Well, yeah. And I saw someone said that they reviewed the, 
all 22 and said, you know, Watson is always open. They said, which I think is probably an exaggeration, but I think it's true. Like I saw in the one play that Rogers threw one of those three and outs is, um, you know, he was flying down the sideline and he is open. So, I mean, you almost, (laughs) you could almost throw deep to him three times and see if you can get a pass interference. We should have had at least one. Um, And I, but I don't think Watson on the deep ball is quite there yet. Right. He's got the, he, he slowed down a bit. You know, he's, it's like, he's not quite confident on everything that he's doing, but he's getting there. Um, I think Watson is a really exciting player. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, you think Rogers is excited about it? I, I don't think yeah, he trusts them yet. I, well, so he, I don't. he showed a lot of trust. In fact, he even called it a trust ball on the free play that they had. Well, and it was a free play though. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, but he, he still calls it a trust ball. And if it was a trust ball, does that mean that he's beginning to trust and maybe nine might have <clears throat> passed that particular test? Maybe. So, yeah. So, so I, if if he's excited about him, and I I forgot when they're going to be getting um, boy I forgot Dubs, uh, yeah, right. uh, he should be coming back. Um, those two guys on the field at the same time, I mean that might be enough, you know, to you know, make Rodgers want to come back. Uh, I don't think the Packers have the luxury of getting rid of him because they'd be selling, you know, when his value is down, and they, they can't really cut him because. If if he wants to play and they cut him, they'll take an enormous cap hit. Uh, so if Rodgers wants to come back, if he's excited, then I think they're going to have to bring him back uh, for next season. I, I I don't think there's a lot of good options there. This is one of those things where maybe what you want to do and what you can do practically are at odds. Well, I think I, I, I'm convinced Rodgers isn't going to retire because he's not going to want to retire the same year as Tom Brady. Okay. So I think. And now I don't know, maybe Tom Brady as a single guy will keep playing. So maybe they'll come to agreements one or the other, but that's my, I'm convinced that that's true. So Tom let's Brady. say, Rod, I think they got to sit. What was that? I, this great image you just gave me of Tom Brady sitting around his, you know, one bedroom apartment with a TV dinner, you yeah. know, and being the weekend dad, it's kind of, you know, he's, he's, he's wearing a dirty shirt. It's kind of, you know. It's his bad image. He, of, needs, uh, he yeah. needs football again. Well, apparently he, he had a lot invested in the FTX crypto company that Ooh. went bankrupt. So, so uh, maybe he's going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he doesn't. Uh, well, he probably had a. I think what his uh, his his ex-wife had probably made more money than he did. Uh, oh, I don't know if that's yeah. true, but it, it was up there anyway. Um, so, so I'm sorry. Yeah. The Packers have got to sit down with Rogers and if he's on the bus you keep him. I think if he's not, you trade him. Like, but he, uh, he's not retiring. And I, I don't think you cut him. I think you trade him. Right. I think someone oh, right. out there right. is going to be able to throw. I, I think th- you missed a big opportunity last year, but the Raiders, I saw something that uh, David Carr, Derek Carr, Derek Carr uh, may not be back. You know, could they want to one, a, the Raiders are stupid. And two, they might think with Rogers and Devante, they may overpay for Rogers. You might be able to get one more bite at the apple on trading Rogers. So I think you got to figure that out. And once you, when, if you, ha- if you keep Rogers, uh, I think you, you, I think you keep Bakhtiari if you do that, but then maybe you don't keep Jones. Like you, you, you save on, I don't know the salary implications, uh, the cap implication, all this, but I would rather as good as Jones is, I think we'd be a better team with a, a 70% Jones player, but a much better receiver or tight end. I think you upgrade in the passing game 
And if you had to get rid of one, if Rogers goes and it's the love game all of a sudden, then I think you keep Jones and Bakhtiari then I guess is, is kind of a wild card too. I don't think you need to pay up for Bakhtiari if uh, you've got a guy that's a little bit mobile. So I, I think that's how I would think of those three contracts. So moving on, uh, we've got a couple more here. Uh, Chris Edwardson, who I like to call C Ed myself. I, yeah, that, but, but that's just me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it is just you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the biggest question and most intriguing plot well, there are a lot of intriguing plots. I thought the one that they tried to kill Hitler, I thought that was an intriguing plot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, is what the future holds for this team and roster. And I think we're, we're, we're kind of touching on, on that stuff right now. I, I, you know, it's going to hinge a lot on what Rodgers wants to do. And if Rodgers wants to play, maybe they do trade him if he wants to play still. Yeah. Maybe they'll make that decision. But if he, if, if he wants to play, then I don't think that – that that is is going to limit you to either is he play here or is he play somewhere else and it may be time it may be time to see what you can get for him you won't get this next off season what you could have got last off season but you still probably get a lot um, in my mind are, are you do you remember the John Hadel trade uh, or were you now it's before my time but I know right, that was okay. uh, a big deal the, uh, this was at the end of the Dan Devine era. And they had like Jerry Taggy and Scott Hunter, you know, I think were their were their quarterbacks at the time. And they and they weren't I mean, both uh, Taggy and Hunter, I think, were running quarterbacks, one at Alabama, one at Nebraska. Uh, good pedigree on those guys. And Jerry Taggy was even from Green Bay, but uh, just not very good passers. And so Devine was on the hot seat and he decided to trade um, five draft choices. I, I want to say it was. Uh, two firsts, two seconds, and a third to get John Hadle, who had been the NFC Offensive Player of the Year the year before. He was 34 years old. By today's standards, not too old, but by the standards of the middle 1970s, you know. Anyway, it was a, a trade that really helped the Rams, uh, you know, formulate a what eventually was a Super Bowl contending team, and it crippled the Packers going forward. So flash forward to now, I'm wondering if the Packers could find somebody to make a John Hadle type trade in uh, reverse. You had it in Denver. I thought so too. Uh, and that's probably the move that they should have made, but they didn't. Can you still do that this off season? And if you could, uh, getting back to, to see Ed's uh, uh, question here, um, that I think is going to really determine the kind of roster they're going to have. Yeah. If they, if they, if they can trade Aaron Rodgers, get something for him, that means you're going to play Jordan love. And if you play Jordan love as as you mentioned, you're probably going to have a different supporting cast around him than you would uh, around Rodgers. So I think that's what it comes down to is the decision on Rodgers. To me, if they if they can trade him and they can get some value, and of course they're not going to get you know five premium picks. For one thing, people value picks a lot differently now than they did 30 years ago, 40 years ago. So uh, my sense is that if you can make that deal in the off season, and I don't know what you get for Rodgers, uh, um, you might get a you, you you might get a first, a second, and a third but maybe in different years. Uh, if you can do something like that, you probably do it. And then, you know, see what you can do with a younger team. It might be a disaster or it could open up a brand new window of contention. And the way the rest of the division is looking right now, you probably do need to open up a new window. Yeah. 
And and it may be that Rogers goes someplace and has a successful three years and we get blasted. But I, I think it's a I think he stays, it's bad. If it goes, it could be bad because, you know, he might do fine and love might be terrible and we might have a string mm-hmm. of quarterbacks. But we don't know. I think if he stays, I think it's a I, I don't think it's gonna work out. Like I, I think everyone needs to clear things out. Um I think Rogers needs a new a new place. Like if Rogers goes to San Francisco, watch him like love to hand the ball off to Debo and 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 uh, Christian. Uh, what's his face? Uh, you know he he could have a whole new attitude because he's he's got a force to change. But if he's in Green Bay, the king of Green Bay, he's probably not going to. So in order to get the most out of everybody, you probably need to send Rogers on his way. I'm guessing. But I don't think you want to train with San Francisco, you know, in the <laughs> NFC. If you can get him yeah. to the Raiders, I think the Raiders is a really good option for us next year if if you trade him. Now, if he comes back, and I think if you redesign the offense to fit what Rodgers wants to do, then and he comes back, maybe it's we can bring this can get going again. But I don't think you can try to draft a few more defensive guys, make yourself a little bit better in each area, and run it back just like you did this year. It's going to break again. Um, you, you're going to have to take a new, new philosophy. I think they'll know. Don't you think? Yeah. I think when the season's over, they're going to know if Rogers is going to want to stay or not. If they're sitting there going like, what do we want to do? I'd be shocked. I, I think they will be going in knowing this is either not going to work or we, you know, we're all in and we need to try it again. Well, I'll tell you what I don't want to hear is in, you know, after that uh, last uh, news conference and Rogers, well, I'm not making a decision now. I'm going to need some time to think about what I'm going to do in there. Oh my God. You know, it's, he has become Brett Favre. He has just, I mean, in so many ways, the only thing missing is he doesn't have his own little locker room. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's right. Yeah, I mean, he he has in so many ways. I I, I certainly hope he he won't you know defraud welfare recipients in retirement the way Favre has, but he has in every other way. As at the end of his career, he's become that guy. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's, it's so true. You know, and along with that, but that's the most likely outcome. I need some time. The only other th- more sure thing that needs some time is how he's going to go on and on about how awful his thumb was. Like that's we're going to have well, a good three hours of hearing about this unbelievably heroic effort. He played with this well, stuff. But he did that with his knee, too, at the end of the year. Well, you know, I was playing with a broken knee the whole year. Like, yeah, <laughs> right, right. OK, then. Hey, you know, thanks. Thanks, 12. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the final word before we, uh, you know, move forward with betting lines and all that other stuff. Uh, Joe Meek, who is writing to us from uh, the Maison de Snark is uh, what it uh, says here. But Joe and I have uh, I don't even know if that's his real name or not. Uh, but we, you know, correspond on Twitter for years and he's following the podcast. And he says, the weird thing is that this year's Packer team has so many issues yet is so unlikable that I don't really have any questions. It's just <laughs> a slog of games leading to a rough off season. So now true. that's dark. Uh, it is dark, but I don't know that it's inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I, let me, let's got to break this down here. And so many issues we've talked about that is, is this factor team unlikable yes or okay, okay so so tell me more about that well i i think it starts with rogers i think it's the rogers it's joe barry it's it's the not fixing your mistakes it's soft coverage versus aggressive on defense i mean you watch the balls being thrown you know just into dirt you know time it's it's just an unlikable unwatchable team 
there's really no personality. I mean, what Aaron Jones has got some personality. Like I can't think yeah. of anyone that's really got any color to them. Um, well, that's interesting at all. I, I AJ Dillon, maybe, you know, well, yeah, but you know, what excitement has he brought to you this year? I, he hasn't like crushed it, anyone that he moved a pile. Uh, that is kind of impressive, but, um, this team is this whole personality and is part of it is the coverage. It's all about the zone, you know, the zooming in on Aaron Rodgers' face and it, it, what his face shows me is just disgust. And yeah. And so I just, it's an unlikable situation. I'm not even really looking forward. You know, one, I don't have hope they're going to win at the moment. Um, and then when it plays itself out, it's kind of a, just a gross experience. Uh, they are very unlikable to me. Uh, you know, that's interesting. I, I, I had a stronger reaction before hearing you uh, talk about it. So I, I get where you're coming from, but there, there are some personalities on this team that I kind of get behind and that I like, I kind of like, you know, the, I like the whole um, Aaron Jones thing. I mean, yeah, he's got a little personality, but he just seems like a real solid, good guy. And so does AJ Dillon. And I know I make, you know, a lot of, you know, you know, jokes about, you know, 13 (laughs) being a bitter, angry man. But I think that, I think that's great. I mean, I'm there for it. I mean, I love the way, you know, that, that guy plays. He kind of has that, you know, I, I'm, I'm a tough guy and I'm going to, I'm going to make you pay for it. I think, I think 23 is, I like the fact that he's angry and bitter out there. Uh, you know, he shows a little, a little fire. I like Rasul Douglas. You know, I don't know how many times you've seen that guy pre-snap. He's pointing out to everybody where the play is going to go and what people have to do. And there was one play in particular this past game where, you know, he's down on the left side. Of course, he's playing off his man because that's what they do, but he's pointing over to the other side of the field and you know before the snap and the snap happens and they go to that screen pass on the other side of the field away from Douglas and because Douglas is gesticulating I forgot who was playing uh, the corner on that side he came up made the play like a two-yard loss and it was because Douglas recognized something and got guys on the other side of the field in position. I mean, I like, I like that. I like, you know, the story behind the guy, you know, that he has kind of re, um, uh, got, he's, he's gotten his career back on track after being a third round pick. That that's a great story. He sounds like a really solid guy to me. So, I mean, there are people here that I, I find likable. Uh, so, the team, though, and I think this is what you were getting at, and maybe what Joe's getting at, it's hard to like the team uh, as an entity because of all the shortcomings and things that you've mentioned. But there are individual people here who I think, you know, are likable and that I do want to root for. It, it, it's sort of like that TV show. Um, we, we always compare this to a, a long-running TV show. And there are times where... I can see why people thought Breaking Bad was not for them because nobody on that show was likable. But the show was likable, even with the unlikable characters. I think it works the same way sometimes. You know, the show's not great, but I love seeing, you know, Michael uh, Michael Williams, you know, play that character. You know, he's really, really good. And I, and I tune in for that because he's, because he's so good or this person's so good. Uh, so I think there, again, some more nuance here, um, that there are guys on this team that I do like, but I don't like the aggregate of what all those guys are doing together on the field. Yeah. I, I just disagree. I find this team to be very, 
disheartening to watch. I think it's a repeating a lot of mistakes. It gets tiresome to, to see it. And, uh, and it, it, a slog of games left is a great way to put it unless yeah. they do some creative things. Like I'd love to see, you know, different quarterbacks some different defensive things, uh, some Christian Watson time, a lot of deep balls. Um, feel like, uh, you know, we're going to finally get to establishing the run. Like, uh, give me a break at this point. You know, as 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 Brewers fans, we've seen a lot of late seasons uh, where uh, they were out of it and it wasn't you know, a lot of fun. Now, it's not been the case so much in recent years, but there was a period of time where you're just looking forward to uh, September when they're going to bring up, you know, some of the young players and, and, and see what you have. And I think we've we've almost reached that point now for the Packers. I think there is still a chance. I mean, they are. Uh, 11th in the conference. You need to be in the top seven to make the playoffs. Um, sadly, uh, the teams ahead of them <laughs> would include uh, the Washington football team, which they lost to, so they were not going to have the tiebreaker there. And then the Cardinals and, and Falcons are ahead of them. So it's it's not impossible that this could still be a playoff team. And there's a part of me that says, I really hope they get beat in Philadelphia because that I think will clarify then something things. interesting might happen. Right. Exactly. And, and, and then you begin to say, all right, let's be honest. We've got five games left at that point. And what are we going to do? And that becomes interesting then because, Oh, they put Rogers on IR. Now let's see what Jordan love What's is love going to do. Exactly. Is, yeah. You know, and, and that would make this less of a slog. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think Rogers is going to allow that to happen. I don't think he, they're going to, he's not going to allow them to take him out of the lineup until he's damn ready. And he might be damn ready once they are eliminated from playoff consideration. But until that time, I just have this thing. This guy is going to hang on there. And I really don't know why is it because he's chasing you know records or numbers, or I don't know what that might be, or is it just a pride? I, 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 I want to be a tough guy and play, even if that means my team is not as good. I'm not sure. But when they clarify that and they would start trying some of these new things, even if they lost, it would be interesting. Right. Because it's something different, something new. And maybe they learn something for next year. And we leave the season with a sense of, you know, we saw a little glimmer there, those last four or five games. Maybe they have some answers going forward. And that becomes exciting. And, you know, baseball does that all the time when teams are out of it and they begin bringing up their young players. It's maybe they don't win, but at least it's a more interesting kind of loss. <laughs> well, you know, that might be one reason Rogers will allow them to, you know, to shut him down is because what if love comes in and runs the offense? Well, like, yeah, I he doesn't want to make it <laughs> you know, look right. like an idiot. Right. So that's a high risk for him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, okay. Uh, I, I really appreciate the con I don't know if, if anybody's listening. Don't care because uh, that was a good conversation. I yeah. appreciate that, Dave. Thank you. Um, so uh, before we get to the betting lines, I want to talk a little bit about what we were discussing regarding Patreon. I mean, we we talked at the top of the program that we had 10 patrons. We have nine now, uh, at least until we go and bust the kneecaps of, uh, of the, you know, <laughs> magic Dave or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so but, but rather and, than saying bad things about people that left, we should say, thank no, you. Those who have stayed, we, we've, we've provided we, little extra, but you have been tremendous supporters and you're and about to uh, be rewarded. We're, here. We're, uh, we're about to tell the, the nine brave souls that have <laughs> remained on Patreon with us. Uh, Ed Oswald, you're not fooling anybody. Lee, uh, we know, <laughs> you are, but thank you. Um, 
Kenny Wayne, uh, which sounds like a stand-up comic. Uh, Dr. Klaus, we know who Sounds he like is a doctor. Yeah. And, and what he does all day long with a speculum. Okay. <laughs> uh, Michael LaPointe, Jeremy Babo, Scott Nyer, our man Patrick, he of the tremendous beard. Uh, John Sturrock, who has been with us uh, pretty much since the jump. And our audio man, our sound guy, Nick. You know, not only does he do a service for us every single week, making the sound as good as it can, the guy gives him money every yeah. month. Thank what, a, what an employee. Yeah. yeah, I don't really see Mitt No Miller's name on here, but I'm just <laughs> just saying. No, I think actually he, he does give to us via PayPal, which people can do, PackersTherapy at Yahoo.com, and thank you to everyone that does that as well. But we've been thinking for these brave souls, and maybe we bring back, you know, Dave because of this we need to do something for these people so what do you think i think we should yes and we've thought <laughs> is, was that what you're asking me i thought you were just going to say it we, we've been talking no, about I've, I've been talking long enough this is your podcast okay well i we've been thinking about some different options um and uh, one of the things though is it's hard for us to have more time to do more things you know that's why we haven't done like a special podcast right. during the week like some places do um, but, uh, you know, if we can find some good ideas to do, and I think we, we came up with a few, uh, one is we would like to, uh, maybe through the Patreon is, uh, do some interviews of, of people that we've talked to. I met some people in London, some of the Patreon, if you're interested, like we'd love to have a conversation. We could put that out as like some special podcast that we could do, uh, in between the game podcast. Um, the other, which I think is interesting that we are we don't want to commit to this yet, but I think we um, are excited about it is it looks like we could live stream uh, during the football game. Now, Aaron Nagler and Corey, uh, Benke. Corey, uh, to do this and I watch them and it's fun because it's, it's like, you know, you're, it takes some of the sting out of losses because, you know, you're commiserate together and complain about things and you get real talk. You don't get things like, you know, no one's open when, you know, the real, answer should be Roger should throw it. Um, <laughs> so fans get that announcers or, you know, announcer is like, yep, that looked like uh, it was a pass interference when he's all over his back. You know, you get your real perspective uh, from a fan. So I think we are uh, for those that are interested um, who are current patrons. And if you want to be a patron, I don't quite know what to do with the unfairness of people who gave through PayPal. And this is only available through Patreon. Um, oh, uh, we'll, we'll include them. What the hell? Well, we'll try to figure something out. Yeah. But we're thinking of doing a live stream uh, during the Bears game. Um, now, that's assuming I can get the Bears game live here in St. Louis. Uh, usually they show Packer games here. But uh, and I would think with the Bears, that's pretty close to St. Louis that that would uh, be the game. You would but, think so. Yeah. But we want to give that a shot. That would be kind of fun. And then maybe we could live stream once in a while. We could do some podcasts. We could do some things. But we want to create some content for the Patreons. And if you would like to, um, we'll confirm it next podcast that we'll be doing the Bears game. But if you want to do that, I think you can be a patron for as much as, or for as, for as much as a hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> an but like a dollar an episode, like it could be pretty I low. Think there's no limit on the uh, on the size. Um, I mean, in terms of the upper end, the lower end. It might be a couple bucks. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't exactly if we set a, a limit for that. But if uh, if that starts to be something we do regularly or um, it just I think not only is it just uh, it's not easy to do uh, through um, 
Packers Talk Radio. Uh, it's, it's it's just easy to do through Patreon. So yeah. if we want to do something extra, uh, so we're not turning our backs on Packers Talk Radio. We just use Patreon as a way of releasing something to reward those who are patrons. So uh, stay tuned. I think we might have something this next week, just uh, something small. Uh, and then those who are patrons will get that. But if we do the Bears game, we will let you know at the next podcast. All right. So anyway, we... Uh, it, it occurred to me, and you know, when we did have somebody leave, and you know, the comment was well taken. Yeah, it's not as much activity as I thought. So, all right. So, we'll try to increase that activity. And I want to be very clear too that, uh, you know, to our to our guy Dave, we're sorry that you left. We hope you still listen. It's Mighty Dave. Um, so, uh, Mighty, uh, you were very generous. Gave. A, fair amount of money, and we really appreciate that. Uh, but we're going to try to do something to win you back, and maybe a few others. So stay tuned. We're going to we're, we're going to make this more worth your while than just these these pearls of wisdom that we give every week. We're going to we're going to expand upon that. But hey, but just don't look for a lot in the off season. All right, you know, there's a lot of fantasy baseball to be played in the off season. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how many patrons we get. But yeah. Now, I will also mention that we have news that we're going to share later in the podcast about the other Packers therapy that we had talked about during our last podcast. There is news to share there, but we're going to hold that back until we do the betting lines. And I know, Dave, you've been working hard, feverishly hard to come up with great betting lines that are a lot better than that crap you've been throwing out there. So yep. what have you got for us? All right. Well, let's go through last week's results. Uh, it's, you, we're sitting on this information for two weeks, so uh, apologize yes. for the delay. Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, rather than go through all the results, because we're getting late in the podcast, um, I will let you know uh, that we had a, uh, two people got, well, I guess one person got seven correct. There was a little bit of a controversy of exactly when Mike McCarthy smiled, I think was <laughs> the one issue. But uh, I'll just go through a couple of uh, the last few answers was, uh, thought was interesting was what was the highlight that they would show during the game? And they had one montage where they yeah, showed a bunch of them. It, and show, it showed everything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ones they didn't get was the Matt Flynn comeback, which oh, yeah. was from uh, David Cordy. Cordy said that one. Uh, Pastor Logan had talked about the game where Rodgers went in for Favre and showed oh, he was for yes. real. That was a good one. Yeah, they didn't that show that That was a that real one. good one, yeah. And uh, someone said uh, none. Uh, Deb Adams said none. But they so they actually showed a, a montage. The other couple questions was I think this was the controversial one. Uh, and what quarter will no not this one? What, what quarter will Aaron Rodgers first scream? Um, Mike saw that uh, yelling at the floor in the fourth quarter. Oh, so that, is that the one was. That I'm glad that's mentioned because there's a lot of people talking about that in the wake of the of the game. And people are saying, yeah, shouldn't do that to your coach. And that's true. Your high school coach, college coach, shouldn't do that. This is the NFL, man. I mean, yeah. these – and this is one place I agree with Rodgers. He said, you know, high school and college, you call that guy coach. In the NFL, you you call him Matt. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a different, it's a different deal. Was it a good look? No. Um, but at this – at that level, the rules, I think, are different in player-coach relationships. The next question was, uh, this is the controversial one. When will we first see Mike McCarthy smile? Uh, Mike saw it in the first quarter. Apparently it was be from before the game, but they showed it in the first quarter. Uh, he yeah. definitely did smile later on, uh, I thought. And uh, Is that when he came out in the, the Lombardi jacket? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was that. So, um, And then, uh, so the winner, I'll say, I want to get to the comments real quick, yep. too. But the winner yep. this week was uh, C. Ed. 
<laughs> really? <Chris laughs> Edwardson, yes. So this is C. the C. Ed. Ed podcast. Uh, maybe C. Ed will get into the name uh, of this podcast. Uh, he got seven correct. Uh, didn't have to go to the tiebreaker. Um, actually, he didn't get the uh, controversial one, so that didn't come into play. But uh, congratulations, Chris. You are the winner. Uh, you could have spent a couple weeks in the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino. It's not advised from the health department. Like, uh, a week is long enough. Uh, so uh, don't feel like you missed out on staying at our casino. But uh, you can... You know, outside of a week, it's, it's, it's hazmat city at that point. And right, right, right. It's a lot of quarantining and uh, <laughs> a lot of problems. Um, I did ask for the comments, uh, your favorite McCarthy moment. We got lots oh, of comments back. Oh, I'll good. just list them off. Um, Mike said, uh, thanks, Mike, for the single Super Bowl win. Of course, we all like about that. Um, I won't say all the names. I'll, I'll uh, just because I want to run through these. Uh, talk about the Packers this week, seeing it as he could uh, pull the piss out of them. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when he said something like, we don't celebrate division titles. That's uh, uh, Kevin Parsons said that one. He nice. thought, well, Flora says that too. Uh, mm -hmm. and that may mm -hmm. change. Uh, let's suck less Packers. Um, the world famous technique of calling timeouts in the final minutes of the half on defense to let the other team score. That was a Mike McCarthy special. Mm -hmm. The timeouts and game time. Uh, favorite moment was uh, Doug said uh, him going to Dallas. So not a big fan. <laughs> This, uh, I love the shot of Mike McCarthy holding the Lombardi aloft uh, after the Super Bowl win with that look of relief on his face that follows a, with a, mm -hmm. <laughs> which follows a huge satisfying dump. I'm just going to say, that last it, part. Yeah. yeah, now maybe that's why he was smiling uh, early in the game is maybe he had an enormous fart and he just felt so good. He felt yeah. cleansed after the Yeah. OK. Post game interviews, the Super Bowl victory. It may be a loss, but at least it's uh, no Aikman and Buck. That's that's true. Uh, World Championship. Uh, here's we don't hang banners for winning a division around here. I, I don't remember that specific quote, but that's mentioned twice. So that must be uh, that must be one that stuck people's heads. Comments when Favre got traded. This train is leaving the station. Remember that one? Hmm, yeah, I actually do. Yeah. Uh, someone said I'm a highly successful football coach. <laughs> that is a classic. Yeah. Uh, sizing up ring sizes before Super Bowl was awesome. I actually I was, was at like that, yeah. the Super Bowl with my brother as our wedding gift, but my wife didn't get to go. She jokingly holds this over us. So that's, uh, <laughs> at, least, at least they're still married. That's the good news. That's that's right. Uh, are you in touch with reality? With perception, uh, was a Mike McCarthy quote. Um, let's see. We're nobody's underdog of coach, highly successful coach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nobody's underdog. Um Let's see. I'll have to go through these comments more. Uh, once said, hi, Griffin and Braun, amazing show. Fan sense episode one. <laughs> uh, that came from Robert. Thank you, Robert. Well, we'll give you an update. <laughs> That's beautiful, man. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm not in the mood for drama, Jason. Oh, uh, yeah. For, oh, uh, that was a good one. I had forgotten it when he did that to Willie. Yeah. <laughs> And the last one I'll mention, Jordy picking up the red flag McCarthy shouldn't have thrown. Jordy at that moment was a better coach than Mike. That was I. That was a great. Was uh, I want to say that was against Seattle, uh, maybe like one, like one of the regular season games against Seattle. I think it was. But that was a classic moment. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this has uh, trained me now. Uh, I'll put a new comment section. I'll start to uh, go through those a little bit better so I can give credit to where credit's due. Maybe read the top few. So uh, we have this past week. There was a we lot had of players. 43 people played this oh, week. Oh, so. fantastic. We're glad to hear that. Growing a little bit each time. So congratulations, C. Ed. 
Let's go into the betting lines for yes. the Packers against the Eagles as this podcast is getting long. Let's go. Uh, number so one. Good, so good. Uh, yeah, great content. Uh, Aaron Rodgers quarterback rating. Oh, God. It was 94.7 <laughs> this past week. I mean, is there really any reason to think that the guy's going to go off against the Eagles for 135? I don't think so. Um, 94.7. I think I'm actually going to go lower this time. Maybe it's just my frame of mind. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to put it at I'll put it at 91.5. 91.5. It'll be interesting. I mean, the Eagles will be at home a Sunday night. Uh, especially the Eagles win. If they lose today to the Colts, they're losing right now. They one is they they need to win. But if they uh, if they win and they sort of like we are on a Super Bowl train, I feel like they could come out like a house of fire and. Uh, um, Packers could really, really struggle. Um, I, I, for some reason, I feel like I'm going to take the over. I, I feel like this is a game I kind of want them to lose. And this is where I think Rogers disappoints me again and does actually well. I'm going to take the over. I mean, I want the Packers to win. I've got an Eagle fan buddy that I'd love to see the Packers beat them, but, uh, I am looking forward to the post, you know, the, the experiment, sees part of the season. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, yeah. but I bet you Rogers comes through with a great game and then it's going to not be well, so easy. The Packers might win by losing. Oh. Yes. Um, or they might lose by winning. Uh, I think, well, that's, that way too. It, the, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, how many rushing attempts by the Packers? This is the whole, is it going to be 30 plus or under 20? What do you yeah, think? I, I did not look and see where uh, Philly is in terms of their running, but it, it does seem to be that when a team is, you know, good at, you know, preventing the run, they don't run as much. And when they think they have vulnerability, that's, you know, when they, 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 they do run it. Uh, Philly's a good team though. So I'm, I'm going to say that uh, they're not, I, I think they'll rush more than they did against Tennessee, but I don't think they'll rush as much as they did uh, versus the um, Cowboys. So now we we're, we're talking running backs here. Are we talking everybody? Total. Yep. So okay, even so if uh, Rogers, yeah, Rogers and, and Watson might get a couple of, you know, carries. Um, I'm going to say 28, 28 and a half. And a half. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take the under. Okay. Right. I think, uh, I think it's going to be, I don't blame you. Yeah. You got to get more than three and outs, uh, to have the yeah. number of plays to be able to run, uh, 28 yeah, runs. So that's, that's the thing, you know, if, if you commit to the run and you know, you don't get the yardage, you're not going to get as many runs because you're not getting first downs. That's right. That is, that is the, I get being a run first team, but you got to, you know, you know, really emphasize against weak run defenses, but against really strong ones. Yeah. You, you put yourself behind the eight ball a lot. Uh, number three, how many touchdowns for Christian Watson? Um, uh, he's been kind of a role. I'm going to put that number at, uh, I think they're going to be playing defense on him because he's, he's becoming a known commodity. I'm going to put a 0.5. Yeah, I think you got to put it there. I'll take the over. I think he gets one. Let's let's keep this rolling. He's open. That's just a matter of That's whether the they he, throw him yeah, the ball. Watson's open. Yeah. Uh, one other bright spot. My number four is uh, our our kickoff and punt returner. I think Nixon is has become an answer for us here. Nixon's uh, the one. Yeah. Nixon is the chosen one. Uh, what do you think his longest punt return will be? Assuming that we. Yeah, you can put the Packers will uh, or the defense will never force a punt if you want. Uh, but 
given that he probably gets at least one, what do you think the longest punt will be? You know, he, he, he's unconventional. Um, the big return he had this time is when he kind of reverse field and yeah. he's, he's raw, but exciting. You know? Yeah. It doesn't look so plotting. Like he's actually like trying to like return the ball. Yeah. It, it looks different. So do you, do you want his average or do you want uh, just longest? the longest longest this past week was 24 i don't think he's gonna go that uh i'll put that number at uh 13 and a half 13 and a half all right i'll take the under okay on. uh number five jalen hurts how many touchdowns will he have both either running or passing mm, he's multiple multiple threat yes uh as they say uh so running and passing together Right. If he throws a touchdown, that yep. counts. He runs for one, that counts. Okay. Um, I think they're going to win. So I am going to put that number at three and a half. Three. Oh, three and a half. Oh, I'll take the under. Um, well, I guess, no, that's probably yeah, okay. that's a high, that's okay, a high dude, one. Okay, dude. All right, dude. That's yeah, good. I'll take, I think that's. Right. No, no, Dave, you said you'd take the under on that. Okay. I, I, I didn't take the under. Right. I think that's a high. high. Okay. Uh, number six, uh, total rushing yards by the Eagles. Um, mm. Curious to see if uh, um, they held Derrick Henry in check. But, you know, yeah, as a but result, they sold, they sold out to they sold out to do that. Right. And I, I, I don't think the Eagles that you can do the same thing there. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. I, but I, I'm curious how many rushing yards will the Eagles have? I, I, I don't know how they're going to attack the Packers, but uh, what do you think? Well, probably uh, attack them with hate and base. Oh no, that I'm sorry, that was a that was a different song. Um, hmm. I'll put their rushing yardage. Cause Packers not just not a good rush defense team. I think they'll go over a hundred. Um, let's put it at uh, 125. All right, I'll take the under. I think they attack through the air. All right, number seven. A lot of rushing on my on my mind this week. Uh, mm-hmm. If I take Jalen Hurts rushing yards minus Aaron Rodgers rushing yards, what is that total? Yeah, Rodgers might get one or two. He goes for ten. Hurts still probably winds up with fifty or six. So I'm going to put it at uh, the difference between the two. Uh, I'm going to put that at forty-five. 45. Wow. That's a high number. Uh, I guess I'll take the under on that one. Uh, seven and a half. Will love Jordan love play. Yes or no. Mm, boy. Uh, well, with injury. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say right. yes, yeah, but it, it, it may just be, you know, when they're getting beat, you know, 28 to six. And so they put them in the last two possessions or something like that. It'll probably be garbage time stuff. All right. Will uh, seven, three, four, will the Packers have the lead at any time during the game? I noticed you didn't answer that last question, Dave. Well, what was the question? <laughs> I totally missed it. I think you just said uh, you said, will Jordan Love play? Oh, I said yes. Oh, all right. OK, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I may have jumped across. Yes. Uh, you, yeah, I think the you thought it in your head, though, and that's the important thing. Yeah, that's true. I can't. I got to stop doing that. That makes really bad podcasting. Sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. At seven, three, four. Well, at any time, the Packers lead. Oh, that's because they did not lead at all during the Tennessee game. No, uh, that is a really good question. I'm going to say no. All right. I'm going to say no as well. I feel like they, uh, I think the Eagles come out hot and the Packers never have a lead. Okay. Um, and seven, five, ace. Um, 
It's like what, it's like your hat size. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. What do you think will be the Packers' longest play from scrimmage? Oh, well, that's an interesting one. I don't know if we've done that one before. Um, it'll be a pass play, I'm pretty sure. Uh, may even be a pass play, you know, to 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 Mr. Watson. Uh, what was the one last week? The one with the Cobb 28. I think I, th- I think they're going to do better than that. I think they're going to wind up with a 36-yard big play. Two. Well, given do, do, do I to have who? to say who? Okay, yeah, okay. I think so. I, I'll say a pass to Watson for right, 36. Pass yards. to Watson will be the longest say. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say pass to Jones, Aaron Jones. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, that I might think, be a hard one to get, but you well, know, you it would be surprise me if it was a run for Aaron Jones. It you could know, be that he he busts loose for you know forty at one point. It could be an eight-yard carry by AJ Dillon. You never know. Well, this. yeah, that's the thing. You know, you. I'm wondering now a little bit. You know, what, what's the attitude of the team too? I mean, that yeah. we're getting to the point where their play on the field might be impacted with just how they're seeing the season play out. And the, I understand the locker room was like a like a morgue following the Tennessee game. I it sounded like a team that was starting to believe in themselves, and then they got smacked in the mouth. And I I, I think a lot of this is going to be emotional and mental going forward. No question. And then the tiebreaker uh, total receiving yards for Christian Watson. Uh, I'm going to say uh, 65. That's a good one. Um, uh, I'm going to go a little more modest. I will say 58. 58. All right. So if you would like to uh, play the betting lines with C. Uh, Ed and Patrick with the beard and all your other friends, uh, feel free to ask for the link that allows you to do this on Google Docs by sending an email to Mike Miller and his email address is mintnomiller at gmail.com. Now we've had a win and a loss since I'm, the, I'm not, the, I'm not, I'm not saying it. Okay. Then it's uh, e- email Mike for the link. It's M I T N O M I L L E R at gmail.com. Or if you play before, just click on that link and off, off, you're off and running in the comments this week. Uh, I'd like to know if you would like for uh, Rogers or love to play uh, going forward. Who, who would you like to see uh, playing for the rest of the year? Love or Rogers. So we'll actually have a little bit of a poll in the comments. Nice. Sure, right. I like right? that. Yeah. And feel free to throw in some humor. Cause goodness knows you're all very humorous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And well, uh, we'll, we'll try to read the, the top few on the air. It was nice to have uh, 43 uh, people playing this past time around. So yeah, thanks much for that. We really do appreciate it. We hope you're having fun with this. Even though the season not what any of us, you know, hoped it was going to be. I hope you're having fun with it anyway. We're trying to do the same. And thanks for reaching out those that were saw that we missed the podcast. It does. It's nice to know that you're, you know, want to make sure we're not dead. Yeah. And, uh, and everything's fine. And it probably threw everyone off given the whole thing about the other podcast. Then all of a sudden we mysteriously disappear. That probably was weird, which is probably a good segue into talking about what happened. Yeah. Well, well done, Dave. Wow. Well, um, oh, all right. So we so we began our last podcast by uh, talking about the other uh, Packers therapy that I think it was Chris Raleigh uh, who mentioned this to somebody brought it to our attention that, hey, there's another podcast out there with, you know, the same name as yours. And they had an email address. And um, I think 
Chris might have sent that along to us. And so we followed up um, with the guys, a couple guys named uh, Braun and, and Griffin. And we you know, went back and forth. We asked, you know, maybe they'd like to consider changing their name because we've been around for 17 years and have over 400 podcasts. And they understood that. But, you know, they weren't really sure if, if they could do it because they're just new with this podcast network and they had made certain assurances, et cetera, et cetera. And we, so we, we kicked things back and forth. We offered some alternative names and things like that. Uh, we said some solid names out there. I don't, I don't want to uh, discount this. We, we, we want to be somewhat uh, understanding that they had a graphic that like looked like a Packers therapy. There's a Packer laying on a couch and a, a doctor taking notes. And we thought, well, maybe you could just switch it to maybe like Green Bay therapy. Or we sent a bunch over. We had Packers Lexapro. We had uh, <laughs> the LaCure show, Matt LaCure, and uh, take and take one and see me in the morning. And we, we sent a bunch of them and, uh, I try to read them. They were good. Um, but go ahead. So, but we, Oh, and, and we, we, but with the key thing before we get to the answer is we were nice about it. Don't you think we, we kept our, our, our philosophy of trying to take the high road. Wouldn't you say? Well, here's, the, here's, here's the thing. We, we really believe that there are, is plenty of space out there for additional podcasts. We don't think this is, you know, what what we do is the is the first and last word in podcasting. We, that's not it at all. And there's a lot of different angles and takes that 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 people you know go down. So we didn't want to say, hey, you got to get you know we're going to beat the crap out of you. That's just not how we roll. And and as I told you know Braun and Griffin, this isn't a business for us. It's something that we do and have done for a long time uh, because we love the Packers. And, you know, we've become, we were friends when we started this podcast, but we've, we've become pretty close friends over the years. And one of the reasons why we do this is, you know, so we can stay in touch with each other. And okay. we've developed a really nice community of people that not just play the betting lines, but listen and, uh, you know, people send us nice comments and money and things like that. Uh, so, we like to keep doing it because people seem to like what we do and that's not going to change because there's another podcast out there that has kind of a, a similar vibe than we do. But we didn't want the confusion that would come with having two podcasts of the same name. So we went back and forth and an unfortunate thing happened. Um, and that was, as we were having this discussion with Braun and Griffin, the site that hosts their podcast fired them. Essentially, they said, uh, and I don't really know what went on, but apparently there were complaints um, and maybe from some people who are listening to this podcast right now. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, and if so, um, you know, uh, their host um, heard and uh, cut ties. So they were, um, you know, I guess um, I'm going to date myself with this reference, but, you know, there used to be a show called Branded. Um, where this guy, I think during the Civil War period, and, you know, he's accused of running away from battle. And so at the beginning of the show every week, you know, they would, you know, showing him getting all of his medals ripped off of him. And, you know, and then he's sent outside of the fort and they close the doors behind him, you know, as he's he's branded now as being a coward, you know, and and. I think that's kind of what <laughs> that's kind of what happened to Ron and Griffin. They 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 had all their metals stripped off of them. And they were sent outside of the fort. <laughs> so yeah. that was. Uh, I mean, I, and I that's lied. not what we wanted, right? No, no, that wasn't the idea here at all. But so Packers Therapy, the new version, 
version, the other version, no longer in existence. But they do have a podcast that they've been doing for a while um, called uh, Today in Titletown is what it's called. And it's self-hosted like like we used to do when we first start, started out. Um, they, are, they host their own podcast. They've been doing it for – few years, I guess, and had morphed into Packers Therapy when uh, they got this opportunity with um, the, the site that eventually fired them. Uh, but they are doing today in Titletown, and it's out there. You can find it. It is self-hosted. And I actually had a phone conversation. No, it wasn't a phone. It was a Skype conversation uh, with Braun and Griffin. They, they wanted to talk after they told us the news that there would not be a problem with the conflict anymore because, you know, they were released. And so they wanted to talk. And so we did. And uh, you were going to join us, but you had that had the flight uh, issue. So we talked for 45 minutes. They're nice young guys. They're 20 year old guys. Uh, they're, you know, in college. One guy at UW Green Bay, one guy at, at Rutgers. Um, they're articulate. I haven't heard their podcast, but it seems like they would probably have some pretty interesting takes from guys who are substantially younger than we are. In fact, if I'm, I believe that between the two of us, Dave, we have five children and they're all older than, <laughs> than these two guys. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so it's a different generation, a different view and a different perspective on the whole thing. Um, but they seem like good guys and they were very apologetic for the problem. They explained, you know, why, you know, they were reluctant to change their name. They were going to change their name. They thanked us. It was mainly you uh, for coming up with these alternate names. They liked a lot of them and they, and they were going to change, uh, but they never got the chance to change because they were fired. Uh, but they may rebrand their podcast along the lines of some of the suggestions that you offered. Uh, so anyway, we had a very cordial conversation. We like these guys um, they, I think, have a really good attitude about what they do, and so that's why I would encourage people to check it out. I may, you know, check it out too because I've never heard what they do. But if they are as well spoken on the podcast as they were in the forty-five minutes that we were together via Skype, um, I think it probably would be worth it to to give it a listen and see what they got to offer. So, anyway, that's the deal. Their podcast is called Today in Title Town, and actually, even though they go by Braun and Griffith, the the, the guy was called uh, Braun. It's actually not his his real name, and I I won't share it here because I don't know if he wants that out there. Uh, but so. I believe Griffin is, in fact, Griffin, and so it's not like, you know, and our names are Chris and Dave, so it's not like, you know, we're putting on any, anything at all, but check it, check them out. They seem like pretty good guys. My favorite suggestion was uh, PTSD, Packers Traumatic Stress Disorder. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. I actually kind of like that. I mean, there, there were, I think you sent over a dozen or more, and there were some really good ones on there, uh, and they seem to think so, too. So, so maybe they will, you know, and we're not charging them anything for those we said if you like anything by all means use it just don't go by packers therapy yeah yep so crisis averted crisis averted but i i wish it had not been averted the way that it was i mean we don't want to see anybody no. you know lose their their hosting and we know it, that's a big deal i mean our lives are a lot better because of jersey al and cd and uh, you know we appreciate that so we know when people lose that it's uh it's not a good deal. Yeah. So if we can help them out, you know, are there, this is making the best out of a weird situation. Maybe we would now have two friends that we wouldn't have had before. So let, we're, we'll try and make the best of it and, you know, see if we can support them. It'd be great. 
So I don't think we need to do any pop culture. Our, our pop culture this week will be uh, today in Title Town with Braun and Griffin. You can check that out and and let us know. I mean, maybe if you play the betting lines, uh, that could be your comment. Uh, or you could go to our Twitter or send us an email and let us know what you think if you listen to today in Title Town. Or maybe you can make a recommendation. I'm on the fence. Do I want to listen to today in Title? You listen to today in Title Town. Let me know if it's something that I should add to my uh, podcasting menu. I, w- I would definitely appreciate it. Well, uh, they already got a listener in Robert. Robert's uh, clearly already a fan. So uh, Robert can <laughs> let us know how it's going over there. <laughs> All right. Good enough. That's it's been a long podcast. I'd like to think it's been a good podcast. Um, I hope that we have something more encouraging to talk about after the Philadelphia game. I'm not 100% sure that will be the case, but we're going to watch. And we're going to figure out what we're going to do for the uh, patrons. And uh, we'll come back and talk about the uh, Eagles game and maybe some more about uh, what we'll do uh, on the Patreon side of things. All that to look forward to, regardless of a 4-7 and seven season. So we'll be back in a week or so, talk more about all of this stuff. And until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers Therapy. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.